Funding for Yale Cancer Answers is provided by Smilo Cancer Hospital and AstraZeneca. Welcome to Yale Cancer Answers with your host, Dr. Anise Chagpar. Yale Cancer Answers features the latest information on cancer care by welcoming oncologists and specialists who are on the forefront of the battle to fight cancer. This week, it's a conversation about the use of nanoparticles to treat skin cancer with Drs. Michael Girardi and W. Mark Saltzman. Dr. Girardi is a professor of dermatology, and Dr. Saltzman is a professor of biomedical engineering, cellular and molecular physiology, and of chemical engineering at the Yale School of Medicine, where Dr. Chagpar is a professor of surgical oncology. So maybe we'll start off by having both of you tell us a little bit about yourselves and about what you do. And and Mike, maybe I'll start with you. Sure. I um, run a research laboratory um, with a big focus on skin cancer development and um, strategies to try to prevent skin cancer formation and to treat it. Terrific. And how about you, Mark? I'm a professor in the Department of Biomedical Engineering. My training is in chemical engineering, but uh, for my uh, research career and my uh, teaching career, I've mainly focused on how to apply principles from chemical engineering to make uh, new products for medicine. So, you know, this is such an unusual marriage and something that I love about academe is that we can take disciplines that are truly disparate on the surface and make them collide and have really fascinating things happen. So so back to you, Mike, tell me a little bit more about how your research kind of evolved and, and how you got to meet Mark. You know, we have a really rich environment for exchange of ideas and um, just a, a tremendous breadth of faculty that is very welcoming to uh, folks getting together, discussing how uh, different perspectives and takes on research can be combined. Um, You know, Mark and I have had a chance to see each other at at various uh, meetings, conferences here, right here on on campus, and to have discussions time to time over the years after after these meetings. And then um, we really uh, hit it off um, on Mark's technology of using nanoparticles to deliver anti-tumor agents um, and, uh, you know, a thought bomb went off uh, in, in my head regarding all the potential applications in the skin, which is so accessible and such a burden on our, on our society in terms of the number of skin cancers and the, and the challenges in controlling these and, and treating them. And so I reached out to Mark after one of his talks, and he was very receptive. We had a wonderful meeting and, and brainstorming session. And uh, that was uh, several years ago, and uh, we've really grown uh, with our um, our possibilities and, and directions research-wise uh, in, in putting our heads together. So, <clears throat> so, Mark, tell us a little bit more about your research and, and this drug delivery uh, mechanism that you have and, and the talk that really kind of spurred everything on. Yeah, so I'll 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 start back uh, almost 30 years ago when I first uh, got interested in this uh, field. Uh we we had discovered that there were some uh polymers, some polymer materials, plastics that one could uh, implant in the skin or put in contact with uh, human tissues and they're they're very inert. And the um 
key discovery was that you could combine these materials with drug molecules so that you could make things like implants that you could place in contact with tissues or implant into tissues, and they would slowly release the drug molecules that you had embedded into them. And um, so that really started me on a path to thinking about how you could both expand the range of materials that you could use in this fashion, and more importantly, how you could marry this technology to treat uh, different diseases. And we really focused a lot on cancer because of the uh, potential to create drug delivery systems that would be more effective at treating cancer, but at the same time would be safer. And uh, we could use the materials to sort of focus the drug action on the tumor cells rather than on uh, normal tissue. And I think the possibilities for this really expanded uh, about 15 years ago when we discovered you could make not only implants, but you could make tiny, tiny particles of these polymer materials and anti-cancer drugs. So we call those nanoparticles because their size is measured in the nanometers. Uh, they're very small. So the particles that Mike and I have been using are uh, about the same size as a virus. So because they're so small, uh, you can administer them easily in a variety of different settings. You can inject them easily through a needle, for example, or you could suspend them in a solution and infuse them or apply them topically on the skin. So the, that, that gives you a lot of possibilities in thinking about how you're going to match this delivery system to the particular tumor that you're trying to treat. And the other thing about being tiny, tiny particles is that they're much smaller than tumor cells. And so they can actually enter in, into tumor cells. And, and once they're in the tumor cell, they'll start releasing slowly their drug. And this allows the drug the source of the drug to be released very near its site of action, which for anti-cancer drugs is often in the nucleus of the cell. And so this gives you another level of control or design that you can introduce into the, uh, the delivery system, the nanoparticles, in order to match them to most effectively treat the particular uh, tumor that you're interested in. And so, Mike, tell us more about the thought bomb that you had. Uh, you know, it certainly sounds like this technology that Mark has is incredibly innovative, but has so many possible applications. So how did you really think about its utility in terms of skin cancer? So, uh, you know, I took a broad approach at first as to the potential applications in the skin. Topical application, for example, to improve sunscreen performance. Um, injection into tumors to improve delivery of anti-tumor uh, agents to skin cancers, but also about the potential to stimulate the immune system against cancer, how these could facilitate delivery of those agents. Mark and I also talked about the various inflammatory diseases of the skin and how we might use agents that are anti-inflammatory and, and better deliver those agents, increase their performance, increase their safety, so they're not necessarily impacting the overall immune system in a negative way throughout the entire body. So it's about local delivery. It's about increasing drug availability. Uh, in terms of cancer, you know, we have a huge burden with basal cell carcinoma. These are a huge number of cancers across the, the world that uh, outnumber all cancers combined in their occurrence, um, often treated by surgery. Um, recurrent surgery, multiple surgeries on the same patient. 
Uh, an individual can develop uh, many of these over a lifetime if they're susceptible, fair-skinned, a lot of sun exposure. There's squamous cell carcinoma, which uh, presents another set of problems. Um, they can be numerous as well, um, but they can also have a small chance of traveling throughout the body. They tend to be deeper, um, and uh, sometimes they're irresectable. They've gotten so deep. And then melanoma, not as common as basal cell and squamous cell carcinoma, but a whole other set of problems. This is a, a, a real killer of young people, melanoma, something that has a very high risk of metastasis after it obtains a certain level of depth. Um, there is clear unmet needs in some patients who have intermediate depth melanoma that has already metastasized to regional lymph nodes, and there are challenges in treating these patients without necessarily giving them something as an aggressive as a systemically delivered chemotherapy to the entire body. So all of these potential challenges in the world of skin cancer have um, areas that could be um, um, potentially leveraged with this technology. And Mark and I have been really um, trying to look at all of the possibilities and begin to develop research programs and strategies to address them. And and so, Mark, to you, a, a couple of things that struck me when you were talking about this, this technology. One is that these nanoparticles are so small that they can actually be engulfed by the, the tumor cell and, and have a mechanism of action at their nucleus, essentially really targeted therapy, um, right delivered to the source of the tumor. But my question there is, how targeted can it be? I mean, are can you make these nanoparticles such that the tumor cells and only the tumor cells engulf them? How does that work? Yeah, that's a great uh, that's a great question, and uh, I think there's several different aspects to that. The one that um, we've been talking about so far, and 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 a major one that Mike and I have been exploiting is to you know put the particles as close to the tumor cells as possible. So to, you know, physically target them. So inject them into a tumor, for example. And that's, uh, that's a, uh, that, that, that's possible with, uh, with the skin cancers that, uh, that Mike is mentioning because they're so accessible. They're, they're on the surface of the skin. At least, uh, at least some of them are exclusively on the surface of the skin. So you can, and dermatologists are very comfortable with, uh, using needles to inject locally in the skin. And they're very talented at that as well. And so that makes that a reasonable form of targeting. But you could also make it more targeted. And uh, one possible way to make it more targeted is to take the nanoparticles and engineer the surface properties of them. And one of the aspects of the technology that we've exploited um, in many of the projects that we worked on is to make the particles themselves very sticky to proteins or tumor cells that have a lot of proteins on their surface. And so when you inject these sticky particles, they, uh, they will tend to uh, be taken up by whatever cells are near the site where you've, where you've placed them. And this, this allows the vast majority of the particles to stay in a tumor if you inject them right into the skin tumor, for example. And so that's one, uh, one way to augment the targeting that local delivery naturally provides you. Uh, a second way would be to not just use uh, physical properties like stickiness of particles to make them attractive to tumor cells, but to make them specifically 
adhesive to tumor cells. So in that case, if you had, if you knew that there was a protein on the tumor cell surface that was expressed very abundantly in the tumor cells and not in normal cells, you could put um, chemicals that bind to that protein on the surface of the nanoparticle. So this might be an antibody or an antibody fragment that that um, that is specific for that protein that's highly enriched on the tumor cell. And that gives you a, a an additional level of uh, targeting. And it, it, it's even possible to think about um, uh, administering those, those highly targeted particles systemically and, uh, and asking them to find the tumor for you instead of, you know, you using the needle to find the tumor yourself. And that's been a very active area of study um, over the past uh, 10 to 15 years or so. And, um, and um, it turns out to be hard to achieve practically uh, for reasons that we could uh, discuss, but it's also a method of targeting. Interesting. Well, um, I, I would like to get into how exactly we target things and what are the challenges that are being faced in this in this really exciting era. But first, we need to take a short break for a medical minute. So please stay tuned to learn more about nanoparticles and skin tumors with my guests, Dr. Michael Girardi and Dr. Mark Saltzman. Funding for Yale Cancer Answers comes from AstraZeneca, working to eliminate cancer as a cause of death. Learn more at AstraZeneca-US.com. Over 230,000 Americans will be diagnosed with lung cancer this year, and in Connecticut alone there will be over 2,700 new cases. More than 85% of lung cancer diagnoses are related to smoking, and quitting even after decades of use can significantly reduce your risk of developing lung cancer. Each day, patients with lung cancer are surviving thanks to increased access to advanced therapies and specialized care. New treatment options and surgical techniques are giving lung cancer survivors more hope than they have ever had before. Clinical trials are currently underway at federally designated comprehensive cancer centers, such as the BATTLE-2 trial at Yale Cancer Center and Smilo Cancer Hospital, to learn if a drug or combination of drugs based on personal biomarkers can help to control non-small cell lung cancer. More information is available at YaleCancerCenter.org. You're listening to Connecticut Public Radio. Welcome back to Yale Cancer Answers. This is Dr. Anise Chagpar, and I'm joined tonight by my guests, Dr. Michael Girardi and Dr. Mark Saltzman. We're talking about research looking into using nanoparticles to treat skin tumors. And right before the break, we were talking about how these nanoparticles are so small um, and how we can try to make them really attack tumor cells rather than normal cells. So, Mike, maybe to you, um, you know, Mark was talking about how we can make nanoparticles sticky. We can try to get them in an area where uh, these cancers uh, exist. What have you kind of explored in terms of, you know, trying to treat these skin cancers? What, what are the kind of exciting developments and where are we with this research? So I think there's um, several features that um, we're really leveraging about um, the uh, sticky type particles. These will bind to uh, proteins, any proteins they come in contact with. What's really special about the tumor microenvironment is that it's very protein rich. Tumor cells secrete, they produce a lot of proteins, they create their own matrix. 
this is helpful for them. We think they perceive it as such um, so they can grow, so they can begin to want to travel if we personify the tumor cells that way. And so these particles will bind to both tumor matrix proteins and bind to the surface of the tumor cells. So this really um, not only gets the drugs into the tumor cells, but creates a milieu of anti-tumor agents all around the tumor. We think this is really important for um, trying to target and eliminate the tumor. We also have worked on um, strategies and how we deliver these tiny particles um, beyond the simple syringe and needle strategy, which is actually quite effective in and of itself, very simple. But um, for certain tumors, uh, for example, ones that are more broad but, but thin and shallow, um, they can create surgical challenges to cut out a large piece of skin when something's really not that deep kind of lets us wonder if there a way to deliver these agents, for example, over a larger area, but not as deep. And so Mark and I have um, explored strategies using um, what's called micro-needling or micro-needle pads. And so the particles might be loaded into these hollow, very, very tiny needles. And in uh, many cases, they can be made to be uh, painless because they just don't get to the depth where they're going to trigger the nerve endings. And these pads could be applied and the particles can be delivered in that fashion. Uh, we've also looked at strategies where we've accelerated fluid that contains the um, nanoparticles in a way um, that can push them with a high pressure system through the surface of the skin into a tumor and the surrounding area, um, kind of like a um, high pressure micro uh, water jet. So we're really looking at um, ways that we can empower healthcare providers to be able to use this technology uh, to best serve their patients, but in a um, number of different uh, tumor settings, different tumor types, different tumor sizes, and different tumor depths. That's that's really interesting, and I guess the other the other way to do this is as you both were talking about earlier was um, injecting this systemically. So I would think intravenously um, to try and hone these uh, nanoparticles to their target um, with uh, you know whether it's a, an antibody or, or other mechanism to try to find these cancer cells and target them that way. Mark, you know, another uh, concept that uh, you had mentioned, or I think Mike had mentioned before the break, was using nanoparticles to kind of prime the immune system. So often on this show, we're talking about immunotherapy and the fact that these cancers kind of evade the immune system whose job it is really to get rid of things that we don't want in our body, whether it's infections or or whether it's tumor cells. Tell us a little bit more about how you can engineer nanoparticles to trigger the immune system and, and how that's working um, in treating cancer. Yeah, well, I'd be happy to, to start uh, addressing that, but uh, Mike is really the expert on that part. But So I'll talk about the parts that I know, and maybe he can follow up. Um, uh, I, one of the... Um uh, one of the interesting things about uh, some of the cells of the immune system is that they're naturally uh, phagoc phagocytic. Uh, that part of their part of their job is to take up um, 
particles from the environment and to sample them to look for sort of danger signals. And so uh, you can you can exploit those cells by creating nanoparticles that look like the natural kinds of things that they would take up and ingest. And um, you can do that by controlling the size of the particle and by controlling its surface to make it most attractive to those uh, sort of uh, macrophages or antigen-presenting cells. But in addition, you could uh, you could further augment the activity of those uh, particles by, by putting in the kind of uh, danger signals that they might find from a microorganism, and that revs up their, uh, their um, immune activity. And so we've been um, exploring that and also exploring the idea that you could could present these um, these uh, signals to uh, immune cells in a variety of different ways, either by slowly releasing them, uh, the concept we talked about before, or by presenting them in different fashions on the surface or the interior of the particle and looking to see if by changing the way that the particle is engineered uh, with these uh, with these signals, for the immune system, if that changes uh, sort of the speed or the aggressiveness that you can introduce into the immune response. So, Mike, do you want to kind of pick up on that? I mean, oftentimes when we're thinking about generating an immune response, we we kind of talk about two two kinds of uh, systems, really. You know, one that's a, a more generalized immune response, and one that's a, a more targeted. Talk a little bit about how you envision nanoparticles really working in terms of the immune response against cancers. Yeah, I think it's a, a critical question. I think that cancer therapy today. Is, um, is about targeting the tumor and it's about manipulating the immune system to, to maximize the effects of the tumor targeting strategies. No cancer therapy can ignore today um, what's going on with the immune system. It's too powerful an ally in the fight against the cancer um, and there's obstacles to overcome. So let me explain um, that first dichotomy. One is um, that we um, have evolved to recognize foreign substances, including antigens on, on tumor cells, and we can stimulate the heck out of that process um, through agents, as Mark has described, that might be considered um, um, danger signals, uh, molecules that might be, for example, normally found on infectious agents, uh, molecules that might be produced by our own cells when they have sensed that they are infected, for example. So we can begin to try to trick the immune system in looking at the cancer cells um, in a way that makes them appear as if they're, they're a foreign infection, whether that be viral resemblance or bacterial resemblance or other. And we can do that in a general way. And so um, those are common molecules that are found on a bunch of microorganisms. So we can just introduce those types of compounds into the nanoparticles and we can try to facilitate how they're seen by the immune system in a more optimized way. In a more specific way, we might try to load um, what are called tumor antigens. So these might be real signatures on very specific types of cancers and they may be even specific to each patient. In this way, we're trying to stimulate a very directed um, killer T-cell uh, response that's akin to a vaccine, for example, that 
you know, is, is being discussed these days uh, for a bunch of other reasons. And so we can use nanoparticles to uh, develop anti-tumor vaccines that could uh, more specifically stimulate the immune system's uh, um, very anti-tumor killer T-cell arm to attack the cancer. On, on another uh, consideration, though, we have to realize that tumors evolve and grow to try to suppress the immune system. And this is a major, major consideration in treating cancer. Um, immune checkpoint inhibitors are something, for example, that are delivered throughout the body to try to um, alleviate some of these controls that the tumor has put on the immune system. But we can also try to target that with nanoparticles locally. So for example, there are immune cells that try to suppress the anti-tumor effects. And these need to be um, 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 dealt with in a way um, especially at the tumor site, so that the tumor can become what we call um, hot and not cold. Hot meaning it can be recognized by the anti-tumor immune system more readily. Yeah, I mean, it, and it sounds like you have so many possibilities in terms of how you can fashion these nanoparticles. So you can you can target the tumor uh, on one side and potentially attract the immune system on the other side and and get uh, these two systems in, in close proximity to each other, uh, in addition to to delivering drug. Now, the, the other thing that you mentioned um, before the break, using nanoparticles for, was relating related to skin cancers, but um, more on the prevention side. So, Mark, talk a little bit about um, using nanoparticles to make skin sunscreens more effective. Yeah, I'd be happy to. That was um, one of the first big projects that Mike and I worked together, and it was quite uh, successful. So, the idea was that we could um, that we 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 knew that we could make these uh, nanoparticles that would adhere to uh, tissues, and uh, we tested them to see if you just if you just suspended these particles, these sticky particles, in water, and you and you put that water on the skin, uh, would the particles adhere? And in fact, they did. They adhered very strongly to the skin. So you could um, you could put some particles on the skin, and uh, then you could wash the skin extensively, and the particles would just stay there and resist uh, resist removal with washing. And so uh, we knew that there was something special about that uh, technology because um, if you can apply something topically to the skin and it stays there for a long time, uh, that might have some value. And so we, uh, the, in the second phase, we learned that one could take common sunscreen ingredients and load them at very high levels inside these uh, nanoparticles so that the nanoparticle itself was 50%, 60%, sometimes even 70% sunscreen agent. And then if you applied those to the surface of the skin, they stuck. They don't penetrate into the skin. They don't wash off very easily. But they're sitting on the skin now in a position to uh, be between the skin and any ultraviolet uh, light that falls on the skin. Um, and so they could be very effective at, um, at screening that ultraviolet light and, and absorbing it and blocking it without anything ever entering your body. And they stay on there for a long time. And so uh, we, um, we did a number of uh, studies uh, trying to understand how this works and trying to perfect it using combinations of sunscreen so that we could block um, 
all uh, wavelengths of ultraviolet light and um, ultimately did a, a, a um, small pilot uh, clinical trial um, here at Yale showing that uh, that indeed you could put these on the surface of uh, the the skin of volunteers that they were completely safe and and Mike can talk about the details of that um, and that they uh, would perform just as well as the kinds of sunscreens that you can buy at the drugstore. So we, we're very excited about that uh, about that concept and uh, you know kind of new ways to use technology to prevent uh, skin cancer. And I'm I'm one of those fair skinned people that Mike talked about before, uh, and my uh, grandparents uh, all worked on farms, and so very familiar with uh, with the the devastating effects of of skin cancer. Dr. W. Mark Saltzman is a professor of biomedical engineering, cellular and molecular physiology, and of chemical engineering. And Dr. Michael Girardi is a professor of dermatology at the Yale School of Medicine. If you have questions, the address is canceranswers at yale.edu, and past editions of the program are available in audio and written form at yalecancercenter.org. We hope you'll join us next week to learn more about the fight against cancer here on Connecticut Public Radio. Funding for Yale Cancer Answers is provided by Smilo Cancer Hospital and AstraZeneca.